0: Hey Salt Lake, at the risk of being too personal, is your mattress sagging? If you are rolling into a taco every night, I am begging you to visit your local mattress warehouse and just try something a little firmer. Your spine is the center of your being and I don't just want you to have good posture. I want you to Disney princess your way around this city, flush with optimism from a good night's sleep. Visit MattressWarehouseUtah.com to find the location nearest you. That's MattressWarehouseUtah.com. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, our team spent election night in the Salt Lake Tribune's newsroom hanging out with some of our favorite political reporters, like columnist Robert Gerke, who has spent more than 20 years covering government. He and I were up late last night to make sense of these early election results. Today is Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. All right, Robert Gerke, we are in the Salt Lake Tribune headquarters in the podcast studio. It's nice to see your face. It's good to see you, too.
1: Thanks we, for coming down.
0: Well, well, happy to be here and we brought cookies. <laughs> We've been getting some slow ballot dumps tonight. I want to start talking about how the election went overall because you tweeted asking folks to share their voting
1: experience. What'd you hear? How do you think it went? Well, I mean I was kind of interested in that just to see if there were problems out there, if they had if they had any hiccups voting. Mm. Maybe it's a function of my Twitter followers, but they all said that you know they mailed it in or dropped it off, and everything went smooth. I did the same thing; I, it was it was smooth as could be. And then at the end of the night, we hit this glitch where you know people were still in line, and the LG's office said we're not going to release any results until everybody votes. And so we you know we were waiting till nine thirty, ten o'clock before we actually started seeing uh, significant Salt Lake County numbers, for example, come in. So it made it made for a late night.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because one of the things that we did kind of get a pulse on early in the night is just that turnout in Salt Lake County was low. Like, Lieutenant Governor DJ Hedrickson said, as of 6 p.m., lowest county in the state in terms of performance.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I think part of that was that they had ballots that they hadn't processed yet. So I, I we need to wait and see where the final numbers end up. Um, but, yeah, it's a midterm election. Midterm elections are always a little, a little dicey, mm. um, you know. If you think back four years ago, we had huge midterm election turnout, but we also had a medical marijuana initiative, redistricting initiative, Medicaid expansion. So those brought a lot of people out who probably wouldn't have otherwise voted in a midterm. So we weren't really expecting to see that kind of turnout, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's. Uh, I think we'll probably get about two-thirds of the, the voters registered in the state uh, having cast ballots.
0: Okay. So this is the first general election that we're having after the legislature redistricted the mm-hmm. state's voting boundaries. Yeah. One of the things they did, which they've done in the past, is carve Salt Lake County into four different districts. How does that how did that impact the results tonight?
1: Well, I think we saw that none of those four races were competitive, remotely competitive. Mm-hmm. And that's that that's a two that's a uh, sort of a function of two things. One is it's really hard to recruit a candidate to go out there and run in a district that, you know, that Deck stacked against you from the get go. Yeah, and and the other thing is, is you know they they made all of these districts considerably safer for the Republicans, and so you know Burgess Owens, you look back two years, he barely won that race. T- tonight, he's just running away with it, you know, and mm-hmm. so and so you know they it it's kind of taken away any co- uh, competitiveness from those congressional races. I think maybe that's part of the reason we saw depressed turnout, especially in Salt Lake County, because, you know, again, if if your vote for Congress isn't going to matter, then, you know, why go out and do it?
0: Yeah. It does feel like people are really disillusioned by gerrymandering, which you brought up. Like, I, I worked in local politics forever, and I'm in a group chat full of, like, heavily involved politicos. Yeah. And this morning when they were like, yeah, we haven't turned in our ballots yet, I was like, uh oh this is
1: foreshadowing (laughs) well and you know there's the litigation that's working its way through the courts but it wasn't going to you know be done in time for this election they're hoping you know they'll get a decision by 2024 um but you know there's a supreme court case that could impact how that one plays out so you know i think i think otherwise we've got you know another eight years of these boundaries that really stacked against stack the deck against democrats and make it um you know and also i think worse than that Removes any form of accountability because Uh if these if these members of Congress know that they aren't really going to be held accountable at the at the ballot box, they really only have to campaign to their Republican base. I think that really does a disservice to the whole concept of uh, democratic government.
0: Right, it stacks the deck against voters because Mm -hmm. if it depresses turnout, then that's just bad for democracy overall. Yeah, yeah. It is disheartening to see how quickly federal races are called in this state, even when I think people put a lot of energy into them. It's always thrilling to be involved in a federal race. On that note, independent candidate, technically unaffiliated candidate, yeah. Evan McMullen, has already conceded to incumbent Senator Mike Lee.
1: Yeah, we waited for that one for a little while before we recorded this, didn't we?
0: Yeah. Well,
1: um, you know, it was an interesting, it was a fascinating race. We've not, we've not seen anything like it before in this state, um, where you know, he tries to break the mold, you know, break out of this two-party Republican-Democrat dichotomy that we've had and and hasn't worked going back 50 years. And, um, you know, it didn't work again. (laughs) But it was something new. It was something interesting. It was the most expensive U.S. Senate race in the state's history. Uh, Millions Mm -hmm. of dollars pouring in from both the candidates and from these super PACs that were just pumping these negative ads out. Um, You know, I was, I was, I was excited to see him try it just because mm. because the way we have it doesn't represent the mainstream Utons, I don't think mm-hmm. and this just kind of gave there on paper at least you could see there was a path to maybe getting a more representative and a competitive election and and it was I mean despite you know uh, the margin not being terribly close mm-hmm. uh, he did get more uh, a higher percentage than I think any uh, candidate going back to nineteen seventy six mm-hmm. so um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't where I think they wanted it to end up, obviously. Right. Um, and, and Mike Lee's a tough candidate because mm-hmm. he is very popular with his base, and this is a red state. And, and, you know, I think at the end of the day, those negative ads that we saw just
0: all over, all
1: over the just airwaves. Everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, really, had, you know, made an impact on, on the outcome of this. Yeah. People say they don't like negative ads, but, they you know, all campaigns use negative ads because they work.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. We have an expression where I'm from, which is uh, Democrats fall in love and Republicans fall in line. <laughs> and it feels like this race is exactly that. Because in order for Evan McMullen to get the kind of turnout that he needed, he really did need to shore up more Republicans. Like, not even one elected Republican endorsed him.
1: Yeah, I think that was a real. Uh, I mean, you had people coming in from Adam Kinzinger, you know, mm-hmm. coming in from out of state <clears throat> um, and, you know, speaking on his behalf. Uh, michael Steele, the former rnc chairman endorsed him but local republicans didn't Mm -hmm. get behind him at all um... and you know there was a window of opportunity there for that to happen because we saw in the republican primary mike lee had two challengers and becky edwards and ali isom and and they combined for I believe about thirty eight percent of the vote which you know that's a that's a area of opportunity for somebody to come in and say hey you don't like mike lee Why? you know it didn't work out for you in the primary why don't you vote for me I'm curious to see when the you know when all the dust settles, what the what the Republican turnout or what the Republican support was for him. Um, but it, it looks like it's probably not what he would have needed on paper to get to get across the finish line. Mm-hmm. And I also think the Democrats seem to have stayed home. Um, you know, I and and you yeah. know, and and I get that there were some, a lot of hard feelings about the way the party decided not to you know nominate Cale Weston. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, this was probably the best chance. I always put it this way it's the best chance in my lifetime as a voter (laughs) to actually have my vote count in a U.S. Senate race. In Utah, yeah. In Utah, yeah.
0: Salt Lake City, what if this is the year you host Easter dinner or brunch? Harmons makes big meals easy to prepare with delicious holiday specialties made from scratch. Just heat and serve, baby. Lay a pre-cooked honey ham on the table and absorb the compliments from your family or friends. They don't need to know you napped instead of staring down the oven. And if you're not the host but need something to bring, here are just a few of my favorite spring ideas. First of all, Harmons fragrant Easter lilies will impress anybody's mom or delight a neighbor. Now, there's no need to even heat up a pre-made side like deviled eggs or fresh cut pineapple, but bonus points if you transfer them into your own dish. And as listeners of this show well know, I will lose my mind if you show up to my house with Harmon's Hot Cross Buns. I invite you to make some new Easter traditions with Harmon's. Well, you touched on how much money was pumped into this race. The last I checked, it was $30 million between the two candidates and outside funding. Mm-hmm. I think the question everyone's waking up with this morning is, was it worth it?
1: <laughs> well, um, you know, I think I think maybe in some ways it made Mike Lee go out and raise money. It made the Republican um, PACs come dump money here that they weren't spending then in Pennsylvania and Georgia and Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, so in in that sense you're you're expanding the field a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it was pretty clear like in the beginning of October that Mike Lee was actually concerned about this race because you really saw him step up his campaign efforts and and the fundraising efforts and the negative attacks that came in were a lot more vicious mm-hmm. um, so I think there was a point where he was actually worried about the direction this race was going. Was it worth it Did it you know I I don't know I don't I doubt that Mike Lee's been you know uh, is going to change the way he operates right he doesn't seem bruised he didn't no. seem bruised in his victory speech tonight. no he was pretty smug in his victory <laughs> speech tonight to be honest so no i don't know that it necessarily changes anything but it, i think it what i hope it does is it sort of uh shifts people percept people's perception of the way the two parties operate in this state going hmm. forward um, you know because we always have prided ourselves on being an independent westerner streak and and maybe maybe this gave people an opportunity to say well hey i don't have to be a republican necessarily just because that's what i've always been and maybe you know we can break out of that partisan uh you know divide a little bit and and have candidates who really try to get out there and communicate to sort of the average utah because i don't think they get listened to enough they don't get listened to enough because as we were talking about the congressional races you really only have to win the Republican primary to win your election. Mm-hmm. And and I think the same is largely true in the Senate races.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think like if you're a Democratic strategist walking away from this night, which I feel like I get to weigh in here because I used to be one. Mm-hmm. I think you're looking at where people did turn out in this county and you just have to acknowledge that like for Democrats in this state, if they wanna consolidate power, the place to do it is down ballot, right? Yeah. Like. Evan McMullen raised $7 million. I don't know, if you put $100,000 into West Valley City, Taylorsville City Council, right, like the strategy just has to be about the groundswell. I'm also interested to see if maybe some Democrats walk away from this and are like, "All right, we need to put more money into ballot initiatives." Yeah,
1: well, I think I think in the future that's a good strategy for midterms to you know get people out if they're otherwise not excited about voting. You know, get, find something that does. Um, you know colorado passed a ballot initiative on psychedelics it's uh that's kind of i i don't see utah going that direction necessarily but you know it's it's we we saw in 2018 that the ballot initiatives can bring people out who otherwise might not vote in a midterm election Mm -hmm. i think i think the other thing that's kind of interesting though is you know the democrats it looks like we're still waiting for some of the results so i guess we should kind of provide a caveat, but it looks like they might win the Salt Lake County Council seat with Suzanne Harrison knocking mm-hmm. off a longtime incumbent, Richard Snellgrove. Uh, Sim Gill uh, appears headed to hold on to the DA's office. And and Lonnie Chapman was leading uh, in the clerk's race. And so, you know, in Salt Lake County, maybe it's not a terrible night for for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and some of the House races are still pretty close, so we'll have to watch and see how those go. Yeah. It wasn't, I, I don't think... Uh, you know, the the prognosticators coming into the election nationally were saying, well, this could be a, a red wave. This could be a bloodbath for Democrats. I don't know that we necessarily got that. We got a convincing win from Mike Lee. We got convincing wins from the congressional delegation, which, again, that was sort of a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. But, you know, down ballot, there were, there were some decent performances, I think.
0: Yeah. I love that you brought up Suzanne Harrison because I feel like Dr. Harrison is such an interesting candidate to follow. Like, this is someone who— has run over and over again. Mm -hmm. She continues to show up in some of the same places, knocking the same doors. And like you really saw that pay off it seems like we're going to see, we should say, yeah. hands up, that payoff for her in this election cycle. Like people feel like they know where she's homegrown.
1: Yeah. I remember I, the first time I encountered her was her, her first race for the House and she lost it by three votes. And yeah. she, I saw a tweet from her today that said, you know, if you think your vote doesn't count, just remember that, you know, I'm my, I, I lost my first campaign by three votes and now she came back and won the next one. And now they, then they kind of tried to, mess with her district during the redistricting process and so she said well i'm not going to do that again she decided to run for county council and it looks like it it looks like she's headed to victory uh, again uh, we're still waiting to see results we're going to get a little bit more tonight we'll see some more during the rest of the week but yeah. right now it looks pretty good for her
0: yeah okay while we're at the bottom of the ballot let's talk about the two things that were at the bottom of everyone's ballot that mm-hmm. i think that constitutional amendment a i think everyone got their ballot looked at that and was like Sorry,
1: what? Who's this guy? <laughs> um, yeah, I wrote a piece about that a couple weeks ago, just because I kept getting texts from people saying, "What is this?" I, did, I had no idea this was on there. So, th- th- basically, what it was, and, and basically what it was, was uh, if you remember back a few years, there was this fight between the governor and the legislature over who has the power to convene a special session. Mm-hmm. Uh, Governor Herbert didn't want to call a special session, the legislature did. And so the governor won because constitutionally he's the only one who could do it. So the legislature changed the constitution, sort of to put a <laughs> finger in his eye, right? So they are nimble. So they could now call themselves into special session for an emergency, and they've taken that emergency term and stretched it about as far as you could possibly imagine. Um, but they also had this limit where they could only adjust the budget by 1%. So 250 million dollars roughly. Yeah. You know, plenty. It seems like it seems like plenty but then they got into the pandemic and said well we need more, you know, we need more latitude. This is too constrictive even though they could conceivably call themselves into session again and again and again until they get what they want. Mm. So they they were going to raise it to about 1 and a quarter billion dollars, five times that much. And I think the, the I think people saw that and are just they they're not comfortable with the way that the legislature is taking power because it didn't just lose. I mean, it's lost in almost every county of the state yeah. and by significant margins. And so um, you know, I think you know, there, there this wasn't a high profile thing, but I think people saw it on their ballot and read it and thought no this is you know we've gone far enough and so mm-hmm. you know back to the drawing board for them but um maybe maybe hopefully they they come away and t- uh, take a you know take the message from that
0: yeah yeah i mean i think it's it's interesting to see that like maybe the one thing that all political parties represented in utah can agree on is that they don't want the legislature to have more power
1: well and it's been it's been an ongoing you know, a process that they've just been stripping power away from everybody. And I think Mm. there's there's a point where maybe they overplayed their hand.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, let's talk about the Parks Bond quickly, because that's (laughs) a fun one. It's a Salt Lake City thing. It looks like it's going to pass 85 million.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's it's a little bit surprising because these bonds always have such a hard, hard road. Right. Uh, Right. Or trail, so to speak. Um, Nice. But, you know, they because people don't want to pay more in taxes typically.
0: I mean, you have to wonder if in the aftermath of the pandemic, people are starting to have a little bit more love for our public spaces. Like yeah. for a while they were the only place we could go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, we all saw the numbers about people recreating outdoors more often and I think yeah. maybe some of that's held over. Um and and I think particularly if people think that they're going to see something in their community, something that, you know, is tangible or at least enjoyable for them in every one of their neighborhoods, then I think maybe they're a little bit more likely to get on board with it. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Well, and of course, I'm obsessed with voting local. And I think that is like, that's so consistent, right? It's like, don't run on these big ideas of like accountability or whatever, like run on a stop sign, like run on trash pickup, run on the stuff that people really feel. And that is... I feel like has been proven time and time again to be like the way to get people really engaged in in things and excited about voting.
1: That's a really good point because we didn't really see much of that in the U.S. Senate race. We didn't hear people talking about ideas or or delivering you know, for the for the constituents, no. we didn't hear any of that in the congressional races, Mm-mm. and so you know, it, it's it's in these local local elections that you start getting a little bit more, uh, a, a little bit more meat on the bones, I guess, having talks about ideas and actually things that you can deliver and, and run on, and and I think that's uh, that's that's why people get into the business of politics. I think right. so.
0: I hope looking forward, we see more of that. Unless um, campaigning on the idea that, like, I'm not this guy, I'm not that, you know, but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Okay, I have a last question for you that's a bit of an exercise before we go. Okay. The punditry, punditry is just beginning this morning. We're going to see a lot of headlines roll in in the next few weeks about this election. Mm-hmm. If you had to write three headlines tonight, what would they be?
1: Oh. Um, I mean, the the big takeaway one is is the Republicans took the House, and right. that's going to mean for the next two years we're going to have a lot of. Uh investigations into the Biden administration, aggressive oversight. Mike Lee was talking about it tonight in his victory speech, mm-hmm. although it's unclear if Republicans are going to take the Senate. But taking the House is enough because I think, you know, that's that kind of means the next two years are sort of written for us. It's going to be pretty ugly. And I exhausting. think yeah, it's going to be exhausting. And the people who are disenchanted with politics will probably get more disenchanted with politics. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what about here?
1: I think I think more locally. I think that uh, I think the performance of, of the Democrats in Salt Lake County kind of shows that even in a midterm election that was supposed to not be good for them, um, that they that they came out and actually you know showed up and, and performed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I and I guess you know the, the third one we talked a lot about the Senate race and it, but that's the one I paid most attention to I think over the last. Over the course of the last year um you know negative ads work and Mm. it's hard it's hard to beat the system you know and and you you know you can try it and you have a lot of support and sometimes it just doesn't work out so um the system (laughs) the system is has is resilient because you know it it serves the people who keep it that way so um Mm -hmm. yeah i guess those would probably be my three takeaways
0: yeah TV ad consultants everywhere bracing for another big windfall in two more years. Yeah,
1: well, that's going to be an interesting one with Senator Romney on the ballot if he runs again. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. we'll see how that one goes.
0: Well, I just have to say, like... I wish they didn't post the results until they were all done, because <laughs> this this part of it, like it is sort of fun to be like tracking, but there is something just exhausting. Like here we are, we're tired, late night, like we're trying to make sense of it, and we just yeah. don't have everything yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it, it it'll be a couple more weeks before some of these races are decided. I think so. Right. Um, especially the close ones, which uh, we're still trying to still trying to get our head around those. Yeah.
0: Well, Robert Gerke, thank you so much. I hope for at least tonight you get some sleep soon.
1: (laughs) You too. Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: As you know, because of Utah's mail ballot and the general delicacy of ballot processing, elections can take a while to sort out especially this year where lines at the polls stretched into the evening. We will give you a full rundown on local election results this Friday. In the meantime, you can watch for daily election updates in our newsletter, Hey Salt Lake. If you aren't already subscribed, I put a link in the show notes. And if you're not already, you should really be following our friends at the Salt Lake Tribune. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Shout out to our friends at the Trib for hosting. Thank you for listening, and we will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye. Knock, knock. It's fascism. Knock, knock. Don't answer the call, Oh, the call's coming from inside the house, by the way.